Make a move and then she's calling Forest fires, cougars marlin' Take a chance and roll the dice one day If you're a DM player, find you Millennials can join this quest too Expedition, we're gonna find a way It's the 20th of January. It's inauguration day. It is the end of someone else's long national nightmare. And I suppose you could say it's the beginning of 74 million people's other nightmare. What a what a world. What a world we live in. Anyway, um <laughs> let's hope there's no violence today. We'll we'll see. Um, I'm recording this pretty early in the morning. It's still dark. I'm walking snowy. Let's see. So. Seems like. Seems like for once I've done the right thing. Um, Apparently, I'm a great GM. (laughs) Apparently. Um, well, according to Rob and Jason, I am. So, um, I'm going to play some messages from them. And, um, you can hear what, how, how great a GM I am. <laughs> All right. After some messages, I'll, uh, I'll make some more comments. Andy, no, 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 no. You did the right thing. You totally did the right thing. You're a great GM. Um, if you're playing Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay or Rolemaster or Call of Cthulhu, death, um, insanity and uh, mutilation are part of the course. It's really important to say that. Also, the, another matter, I, I don't mean to squash or um, your, your players' um, um, uh, problems with this, but, but um, there's nothing wrong with being a maimed character. And this is a major, a really great role-playing opportunity if you're one of these people that espouse role-playing. So, you know, having something like that happen is is, is a massively um, a challenging um, way of, uh, yeah, like doing something with that character, really, really doing something with them. No, I, I totally understand how you feel bad about it. Um, and I feel bad about these things too. And... Um, but there's so many flaky GMs out there um, who who just are trying to give a bit of a cheap frill to players. But people, there's a you know people like you or me or other people, um, other GMs. It's kind of like our responsibility to sort of bring some sort of uh, power to to the story or whatever you want to call it, the adventures or. Uh, that you're running that really engages people, and obviously you're doing that because people are getting um, tense and about it. But yeah, it, it, it maybe it requires time. Maybe it requires time for you from your players and from yourself, perhaps. I don't know. So, if um, your players listening to this, uh, of course I understand. 
I've lost lots of characters and had I've seen people lose lose eyes and lose hands and all sorts of things, terrible things, um, and die in droves. But I I ask you to to think that no, you're you're not losing your player agency. You always, as a player, have agency. The way the problem is, how do you use that agency? So, are you gonna roll up a new character? That's you're free to do that, or are you going to run with this character and really develop them, despite the difficulties? You're free to do that. Um, player agency isn't isn't about um, handing stuff on a plate. It's about dealing with uh, the difficulties that might unfold. So, what is player agency? It's free will. It's when the GM gives you the chance to choose your path, uh, take the gamble, roll the dice. You know, you you buy the ticket, you take the trip. You don't you don't say, "Hey, this wasn't the trip I wanted to take." So you you take the trip and you pay for it. And if the dice come up, you know, snake eyes, well, you know, you're out of luck. That's just the way it is. And that's life. You know, if if you're a gambler, you, you'll know this. And if you're not, well... But I think, yeah, player agency is rolling with those dice. And when they come up snake eyes, you go with it. And when they come up, you know, double sixes, you just frigging jump for joy. So player agency is taking those opportunities and running with it. Uh, personal message, Andy, please don't play this unless you really have to. Um, uh, censor it if you need to. Uh, I just uh, I don't know I don't know I I had to say that, but I, yeah I think I think you obviously a great GM, and I th- I understand there's a lot of pressures on GMs, and a lot of players get very emotional, and I'm sure we've all been there too. I don't really care if my characters die these days, but still that doesn't mean I don't enjoy playing them. But I think a lot of players really feel the the adversity and and the risk and it, and it becomes very personal so um yeah uh, it's it's difficult i totally understand um but anyway um play this or not as you see fit uh, hopefully i have not offended anybody right cheers man bye bye hey andy jason here so i have some generic comments about blindness and player agency These do not apply to your specific situation. If Sid is not comfortable with the character as is and is giving it a shot and just, as we heard on the call-in, just wants to play something else, then I think as a GM, you know, at a certain point, then we go ahead and do that, right? We don't want to lose a player over this. I don't think that's worth it. So I'm not talking to your specific situation. I, I don't want to... You know, say anybody's doing anything wrong in your game. I I think you you have to just move forward with your game. You hear that nice hound dog howl that Tiger has in the background? Yeah, I like that. But as far as generic goes, I don't think striking a character blind robs player agency in most cases. Again, every game's a little bit different, and I'm speaking generically now, not Andy's masks campaign. In general, I think, like you say, there are things you can do. 
I think one thing we can look at is the social skills and the social interactions. If the player isn't strong on that, that's where I think it's okay because the player isn't the character. The players were the character has unique mental statistics, unique charisma, unique personality separate from the player. So if the player isn't sure how to what questions to ask or all, I think it's totally fair to source the table to get help on what the character might ask. I also feel that while spot hidden, like visually spot hidden is unreal is obviously, you know, but I but obviously the sense of touch is still there. So you can still search with your hands if you know if you're up to something. As far as getting around, walking around, I I don't think that's a impossible thing. So when I think of a blind protagonist, I go back to Dario Argento's The Cat of Nine Tails, a nineteen seventy one Giallo Italian movie. Um it it's especially hard to recommend these days because of some of the implications they have in that movie. Um, I, I guess, I, I don't know if gender wise is the right say or, or inclination wise, but, um, but, but, it, but Carl Madden plays a, a blind newspaper man in that and, and he does a really good job. And so I, I think he's a good example of how a blind character can be useful. He defends himself in that movie, he gets around that movie, searches in that movie, he solves puzzles in that movie, um, you know, it is again. It's you. You you have to take your thinking cap off <laughs> and, and put aside some things because the thoughts in the seventies about certain things are different than they are now. But that said, I it, it the the Cat and Nine Tales by Argento is a good example of blind protagonist. Um, but but I think it it is a playable character. I, and I don't think it's taking away player agency any more than charming a player, doing a charm spell takes away player agency as long as you as the GM do the charm spell as, you, you know, that lady you were trying to hit? Well, now she is your best friend. In fact, you're in love with her. You're going to do whatever she says. And, but you let the player orchestrate how that works, right? So it isn't the fact the player's lost agency. They just have a new prime directive from their new friend and the player has total agency in how they're going to carry that out. But definitely striking a player blind, a character blind, switches the the goalposts. But but like I say, it I, I don't know that's but it really depends. It, it depends on the player. If 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 you have a player that's come in that that really enjoys the combat aspect of it and has built a character that way and that's what they're hoping to do. And then that's taken away. I, I can understand why they wouldn't want to do that. If if, if you enjoy playing a fighter in D anD D and that's your thing, and all of a sudden you're handed a magic user and said, "This is this is your character, make it work," and you don't enjoy playing that character, then I can understand why you would want to switch back. So I'm definitely not judging anybody here. And I realize this rambling will probably just be heard by you, but that's okay because. I don't know that I have anything else to say about it. I, I I do think it's playable. I don't think it's unfair. It provided, and I'm pretty sure, I, it's been a while since I heard the episode, but I'm pretty sure you randomly ch- chose that character to be struck blind, right? It wasn't, you weren't intentionally going after Sid's characters every time. It just happened to be the way that happened. So as long as you're not maliciously going after characters, it's the way the dice fall. 
I, I mean, I'm a big fan of not fudging dice, so, but, but I think you make it work if you can, but if you can't make it work, I think coming up with another character and moving on is totally legitimate and I don't think it's wrong. And especially in something like you're doing with a long campaign, I think it's worth keeping the player and keeping everybody interested and active in the campaign. So I know you'll make the right decision, Andy. Hang in there. Talk to you soon. So there you go. Done and dusted. Case proven. I'm a great GM. I did the right thing. Um, we just uh, we just need to get on with it. No, so <laughs> look, that's two people's opinions, and look, there's some very interesting points there that actually are very closely aligned to to what I was thinking, plus some ideas, to be honest. Um, you know, I particularly like Jason's idea of this, um, I guess you could call it this pulp trash exploitation trope of, you know, and you can see it in, in all kinds of, in all kinds of genres of film. They tend to be the low budget variety, um, where... The hero is has a disability of some kind, and, and they they just work around it. They overcome that, or, or in some ways, it actually gives them mastery. Um, you know, my favourite of recent years is Zatoichi, um, which which is the classic blind samurai story. Um, it's it's a brilliant it's a brilliant film. Actually, I can't, I can't remember when it came out. It's really formalistically weird but it's very thrilling and funny and you know it's uh yeah it's a great movie Zatoichi check it out but then you know I suppose you can even look at uh Evil Dead 2 you could look at um uh you know the Dario Argento movies that that Jason was talking about um, a bunch of others. Blindness actually is quite a common one. I suppose because of this, perhaps this, I don't know if it's a myth exactly, but this, this um, elaborated idea that, that your other senses become more highly attuned. Now, of course, I'm sure they do because you've got less things competing for the attention in your brain. But whether or not you you attain supernatural powers, well, I guess I'd have to ask Joey about that. <laughs> uh, my good friend Joey, uh, whose moniker is the Blind Rat, um, hindsightless and uh, wheel or uh, he's partially sighted or or, or blind. Um, I mean, I I actually don't know how he wants to refer to himself. But um, he can see something, you know, he can, um, if, if he has a screen, screen sort of assistance on, on his computer, he can see what's on the screen, but clearly he, he is legally blind. Um, so, and I don't want to speak for him, you know, he, 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 but he, he tells me, and for everything I know about him, he, he leads a very full life. Uh, he goes to the shops, he buys food, he cooks for himself, he works, he... Uh, runs games, he plays games, uses the computer, you know. So he compensates. Um, and I think, you know, actually, I, I, my, my grandmother, who lived with us for many years, was, was also 
blind, but she, she had some degree of vision. I think it's kind of rare, as I understand it, to be completely blind where literally you can't even sense light or dark. Now, you know, I, far be it for me to use any real-world comparison as a yardstick by which you judge what happens to a character in a game, because that is just offensive, actually, I suppose. But, you know, the, the, the mechanically speaking, um, Sydney's character, Alice Hollins, the British spy, her eyes were removed. So, so I, what I uh, would, would infer from that is literally she can't see anything, not even light or dark, that, that she has no, no sense organs left. I mean, I mean she, has no, she has no nerve endings left in the eye. She has no receptors to, to, at all not just damaged one she has no no possible way of seeing so you know the having her achieve attain these supernatural means by which or or superhuman let's call them means by which to see i don't know it felt it felt a bit cheap to me Certainly, it felt cheap to do it in the moment, or to do it so soon. We're talking a matter of days, or weeks at most, since this happened. Now, maybe I'm being too... I don't know. Maybe I'm trying to maintain some kind of illusion of reality too much. But it felt like it needed some time. If this was going to happen, it would take time. Now, maybe I left it too long, and of course game time and play time are two different things in-game and actual time. And maybe from the player's point of view, it was just too long. But I still feel I did the right thing. Someone, on the other hand, doesn't. (laughs) And uh, as I said to him in a message after hearing this, I said, you didn't just give me both barrels, but then you casually reloaded and blasted the bloody remains across the room. Here's Barney. Hi Andy, I've just finished listening to your episode on Sid's character, Alice's blindness and the problem there. And you're getting a long message because I just think there is some serious shit going wrong there. And... This is going to be, I think, quite rambly. I hope not too long, but I think it's going to be, it's going to be like, it's diamond daggers. It's, it's diamond daggers here. It's flying through the air, um, like, like a maelstrom. Um, the fundamental, the, the, the gauntlet I'm putting down here now is, is that you cannot you cannot you're duty bound not to to retire sid's character that's my challenge and that might sound i don't know authoritarian from me or from you or from the group or whatever but i think if in this game where something so profound has happened as a character losing their sight has occurred to to let that what well, i don't know wither on the vine and just be uh you know swapped 
for a sister or something like that, to me, just seems like... I'm going to say, I'm going to say it sounds to me like failure. And I don't say that word lightly because I'm impressed with all of you for, for, for going the course with this game. You know, you're all really invested in it and you're putting a lot into it. And that's why I say that you shouldn't let this character fall by the wayside. You shouldn't let this this blindness be such a problem. And I want to start by saying, you know, people, you, you guys, there are people in the world who are blind. And they live full lives. And they do loads of stuff. And I'm sure it's hard. And I'm sure there are things that you can't do, right? Some more obvious than others or some things that are challenging. But I, and I'm, and maybe there would be, maybe there are blind people in the world who would say, if only I could get my sight back. But I do think this whole situation with you and Sid and the whole game group does expose a real... I mean, it, on the one hand, it exposes how how attached we are to sight. But, but it also exposes, I think, how unimaginative people with sight can be about not having it it's like it's the end of the world clearly for people who are blind or partially sighted or whatever however we should say that clearly it's not the end of the world so ways have to be you have to you have to there's something that has to be done here for your game. You have to think about this. Now, I think there's a really key problem here. And Okay, the gauntlet that went down there, that you can't let the character Alice be retired. And the reason is because you have a player... You have a player, Sid, a person playing the game who is feeling frustrated and increasingly excluded from the game. Now, you guys are all banging on about it like that's because of the blindness. It's not. It's not at all. It's because of how that feature is being handled. You're not giving her things to do. That's got nothing to do with blindness, per se, right? There's no, it's, there's the character and there's the player. You can give players things to do, which, as, as characters, 
in full acknowledgement of whatever it is that the character is or experiences or struggles with or whatever defines them, doesn't define them, you, you know, situ- whatever, whatever, whatever. Sid is should be allowed to have things to do. Now, you... There's there's chat about that in terms of uh, hearing or listening. I forget what the stat is. Sid has 90 in, in hearing. And yet Sid is saying she has to be led around the place. She can't go anywhere on her own. She can't read stuff. All of those things are not borne out by the 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 great authenticity and realism that you want to bring to games or to this game blind people walk around on their own believe it or not they read stuff because they use braille but here's the thing there's that idea isn't there that the senses get sharpened so this this amazing hearing that Alice now has, you should be using that to the maximum now because that is such a key thing. Now Sid talks about being a one trick pony. Oh, I can I can hear, I can hear, I can hear, but that should be used to get around all sorts of um, other things like that. Now, what I think all of this comes down to and bear in mind that we have this distinction between the player and the character and we have this lovely amalgam of the player character and this is where you know this is this is this this is where the tension is isn't it the player character is it the player is it the character is it the character as the player the player as the character and so on and so on and all of that sid is ending up being punished as a player for some interesting stuff that has happened in-game. And what you guys so far have all bought into is that the solution has to be in-game, that there has to be a mountain trip, which doesn't seem to be going down very well. It's all in-game, and this is where rules and mechanics come in, I think. Whatever that ridiculous rule about... Uh, having disadvantage and needing to roll extremes, you know, you should be on that like like a motherfucker and house rule it. You say that, you know, she can't shoot weapons. What the fuck are you... What are you on about? Get her shooting weapons. Just, like, just even at the most basic level. Get her shooting weapons. Because that's fun. It's the game. Um, The fact that she's actually a sniper and a sharpshooter or is experienced with guns. You know, she can still load guns really fast. She's got hearing of 90 or listening or whatever it is she's got that you should be 
rolling that to see if she has to roll the disadvantage and extremes. If she hears her target, if she hears her target, she should be entitled to make a normal pot shot at them. Why? Well, because the character is an experienced gun handler and would be out every morning doing target practice, right, for 10 minutes with another member of the team to, to, to stay on point. But, more fundamentally, it means that Sid can be part of the action, Maybe, maybe I'm over, I'm overdoing it there. Maybe it needs a little bit, there needs to be a little bit of something. Maybe the, the, the target rolls with advantage. I don't know what, something. There should be a little, maybe a little added, an added challenge to it, a little bit. But those other senses should be used. And if the, if the bullets are firing all over the place... So what? That's great. It's part of the game. When it comes to fighting, um, why not? Why not? Why not? <laughs> uh, you know, again, you know, you could have a little way of, uh, of, of making it slightly more challenging, but you know, just let. I. I mean, you guys. Are, you guys are playing this pulp, aren't you? Right? You know, let Alice become a badass person who can't see. And, you know, if it comes down to, oh, well, there's a, you know, you need, you've got 10 minutes to search a library and, and there's no Braille section... Andy, that's your fucking fault. You know, Alice can overhear information. For example, give her something else. But I think this idea that, that A, a blind character can't do anything is deeply problematic and b i think the way primarily mechanically that you guys are handling it is a is you know is a fucking disaster you know this mountain trip is is bullshit make it make it fun and interesting for Sid and the rest of the players and for you to have this character who can't see. Don't make it a, a burden. You know, this is a role-play game. So I think... I think, I think, you know, kind of the lot of you and you, Andy, especially, 
have to have to pull your socks up on this one. So I expect to see that or hear that or sense perhaps is the most accurate way. I expect to sense that you've all pulled your socks up. So there we go. Full, exhaustive and conclusive proof that I am a shitty GM. And I say that only partially tongue-in-cheek because I think Barney unfortunately knows me too well now. He knows exactly where my weak spots are and uh, he knows how to expose them. And like any good friend, he will... Um, unflinchingly point out my failings, which is great because it means that I can address them. But um, but yeah, now now he's uh, now he's got me thinking. And <laughs> and look, the reason I kind of rushed out this episode um, is that I want Sid to hear this before next session. So next session is on Saturday. We now play once a week on Saturdays. We during pandemic we were playing twice a week. We now only play once a week. We play on Saturdays for about three hours, um, which is longer than I normally want to run online sessions for. But, uh, you know, we had two two-hour sessions, and I'm trying to compensate. Anyway, I, wanted, I want her to hear this because I want her to understand my position... And I also want her to hear those messages from those other people. And, you know, I think that the first sets of messages from Rob and from Jason, they're really critical because I think that they they address a part of the game, a part of the role-playing experience that maybe Sid hasn't experienced before, that maybe she doesn't want to, but are still valid and valuable, you know, to to play the the hand you're dealt to not to not see it as a game of wish fulfillment in a way of 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 being the you that you intended but reacting to the reality of 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 the situation put in front of you and you know like Sid's a good enough player to get that but you know she's pretty young she's what I don't know 21 22 she hasn't really played role playing games for very long and you know, dare I say it, she's got a little bit of a millennial Gen Y thing going on. <laughs> the fact that she made a in in her in her comment she made a reference to Pokemon, which I just didn't get. I, you know, um, you know, I think there's got to be a degree of um, there has to be this 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 richness to role playing. Um, it's not about winning. <laughs> I think I think a lot of people do still want to win. <laughs> I probably do when I'm a player, although I've, I've overcome it, I've overcome it, you know, for me, the game's the thing, it's not the outcome, it's the experience, and so I, I, I would love Sid to, to embrace that, and, and I think she's tried, I just don't know if it's working for her, so I wanted to hear those messages, but, but then again, but, but then also, I, I wanted her to, to hear Barney's message, because Barney is fairly firmly fairly clearly pointing the finger of blame at me and I think justifiably 
I think justifiably. I think that one of my failings as a GM, one of my weaknesses, is is this sort of need for for for, for the internal consistency of the world that I've created to be maintained. Okay. Not always, but but mm, often. And in this situation, I I couldn't rationalise in my head. No matter how pulpy these characters were and how pulpy the adventure we were running, I couldn't rationalise in my head how I could give someone the ability to overcome a, a, a crippling disability like this, an absolutely devastating thing happening to them in a matter of weeks. And I think that was a mistake. That was a mistake. Because it didn't give Sid an out. It basically said, you're now going to be punished for the misfortune that befell you. And not just once or twice, but every session for some indeterminate time. Now, I did at at one point say that there is a way. There is a way to overcome this, to address this. But I think what Barney is saying is that that also is a cop-out. What you should have done is adjust the game to compensate for the fact that she was um, visually impaired and let her do other stuff. And he's absolutely right, and I didn't do that. I was still stuck in my consistent, perfect world that I'd created in my head. Um, of how things work, of the physical laws of this universe, let's say. But I'm also being disingenuous because I break those physical laws all the time with all kinds of interventions by gods and deities and mythos forces and and remarkable feats. You know, one of the characters is clairvoyant. How does that fit into a consistent physical universe? Um, it doesn't. So Barney and Sid, here's the deal. Here's the deal. By 10.25 on Saturday night, either through some means you will have got your eyesight back or we will have established something that enables you to fully participate in everything you want to do while still being blind. Because that, as those first two sets of messages said, is an amazing role-playing opportunity. And you've partially embraced it, I think, Sid, but not fully. Because I, I, I don't think I don't think you are ready to. But if we make a deal, if we make an agreement that this is who Alice is gonna be from now on, and it won't impair you, but it will change you, then I think we'll have done something really good. So that's the offer. I hope you take it, Sid. I really do. It's a game we're role-playing I'm a stranger and you're making mistakes